and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. This week I am talking to Rye and Nick from the Whip It Out podcast. I began listening in lockdown to Nicole and Sophie back when Whip It Out first began and I've been listening in every Thursday since Ryan and Nicole restarted it. It's exactly what I need come midweek to put a smile on my face and help get me through the day. I wanted to discuss why they restarted the podcast, what it is about Whip It Out that they think the industry needs and ask them about some of the things that I take from the podcast such as learning from their strong bond that they have as friends and the importance of remembering that there is so much more to us than our jobs. But we end up discussing many important topics, such as dealing with customers, the importance of time off and the impact of social media. So I won't ramble on any longer. Let's dive straight into the interview. Here we go. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Nicole. And welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers. How are you both today? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a lovely weather outside. Oh, yeah. It's roasting, isn't it? Oh, it's wild. I was almost naked this this week in the salon, like <laughs> string vest, short, short, shorts where you could almost see my ass <laughs> trying to get a breath. Oh, I can imagine the old ladies looking at you and thinking, Ooh. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a bit of a thing for old ladies. So. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get started, can you both introduce yourselves individually, where you're from, what you do and who you are? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm Nicole McPherson. I have a home grooming salon and I do the Whip It Out podcast as a side hustle with my uh, main man, Rye. I am Ryan Lee and I have a salon based grooming and uh, like a shop front as well as in vet clinics and some other things and i am married and live in northern ireland as you can tell by my accent so um can you tell us exactly what the whip it is who you have on your team and why you decided to restart the whip it out podcast and take it right yep so um Obviously, the Whippet is something different that we did a few years back, and it is uh, dissolved and gone and never, you? ever coming back. Dead. Dead and <laughs> it, gone. Uh, <laughs> been and gone. It was a lot of work. Um, although some of the highest points of my career, I think you agree, Nick? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. Good fun. Like, good fun. We raised like 90 grand for NHS. Which um, is amazing. We raised uh, 
was it 16,000 on the calendars for the, the yeah, naked it was some, calendars? something like that. Yeah, it wasn't too far um, off. We had, it was pretty much a media company and we called it Whip It because we wanted it to be fast. It was going to be yeah. fast um, media, fast news, fast entertainment, fast everything. And the podcast was a small part of a big pie that we were part of it was we wanted it to be the people's platform really we wanted groomers who wouldn't normally have a voice in the industry to have to be able to have their say without judgment it could just be you know they could either write articles for us anonymously do videos and and that sort of thing just a bit of like a bit of fun but also Mm -hmm. people feeling like they had a voice because I think that in this industry sometimes it can be really highly saturated with celebrity groomers and yeah. people who shout the loudest have the only opinion and I think we were really keen to be, be able to offer that platform to people who had a really valid and strong opinion and wanted to share it to the masses as well. Brilliant. Uh, so fast forward on to 2023 did we start it when did we start at the, po- yeah, the podcast? Yeah, 2023. 2023 um and Nicole had said that obviously we still speak daily and she had said about the podcast um, and possibly doing it again. And I was a bit hesitant at the start. I dragged you in kicking and screaming. <laughs> Let's just face it. You did not want to do it at all. <laughs> I, I am quite happy with my life right now. Like I am one <laughs> foot in the industry and one foot firmly in the real world. Yes. And um, what the doesn't, my, that part of my life isn't surrounded by dogs. Uh, you know, I go out drinking with friends and socialize and I like my life. Um, and then I obviously have my businesses and all that sort of stuff, which I managed separately to that. But, um, we did the podcast anyway. And the whole premise for the podcast was that it was two groomers talking about one shit topic at a time. And they were going to be (laughs) lifestyle topics. They were going to be like things like light entertainment and things that happen in the salon. They were going to be relationships, sex. It was going to be, um, working out it was going to be kids mums dads uh, marriages it was going to be a bit of everything you know everything that a groomer goes through as soon as they set foot outside of the salon as well as in the salon would you agree with that nick yeah we were quite conscious that there's a lot of grooming podcasts out there that that target various different things and talking about grooming topics for us was just not something we we really wanted because we feel like groomers are more than just people who just the lives revolve around dogs. Yeah. yeah. We, we, are, we have lives outside and we sort of wanted it. Obviously. Yeah. We lightly touch into grooming and like we've, we've just done a, um, a, a interview today with a bodybuilder and wow. we wanted to touch on sort of like how as groomers, we can sometimes skip meals that we need to look after our bodies. And we wanted to still touch into the fact that we are groomers, but also how we can be looking after ourselves outside of, um, out of the grooming salon as well. The podcast has been an absolutely massive hit and I listen in every week. What do you think it is about um, Whip Out that the industry needs? Um, Comedy. That's what the industry needs. Something for us to laugh at ourselves. It does that, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) not take ourselves too seriously. Like me and Ryan, we've said from the beginning, there's obviously, we don't share everything about our lives, but it's almost like we feel like we represent just the average person, like, he said like we, we go out drinking we have friends we socialize we have like marriages and what goes on in their marriages we have like kids that we can you know tell these little anecdotes about and just want I mean, you to have be. kids <laughs> we have i kids. do not 
you like to think that they're my responsibility, but they are not. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just something we just wanted it to be something light, just something where people could just tune in and just go, Oh, this is just what I needed today. Just a little laugh just to pick me up. Like this the dog's whole, been an ass on the table. The whole thing. Are you allowed to swear by the way? Yeah, of course, yeah, go ahead. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, the whole thing was that um, me and Nicole actually did this anyway. So like we would get to like, well, Nicole thinks I ring her too much anyway, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we would uh-huh. get to like a Thursday, just say, uh, and then I we'd be on the phone FaceTime. I don't ring anyone. I FaceTime everyone. Um, I just think you have a better conversation. But we would sit for an hour and we would talk shit and we would laugh and we would giggle and we would talk about horror stories that happened that week in the salon or some stupid idiot client that rang or you know the staff best sex issues. you've ever had the best sex <laughs> oh i had the best sex with my husband this week or whatever it was and it, we were debriefing like that once a week anyway so that was the idea that we'd put that conversation into a podcast only more slightly more structured because obviously when you're talking to your friend it's all over the show yeah no brilliant no, I really, I think it works really well. I really listen to it a lot. And I also think it must be funny when people do actually tune in and listen to think how many groomers run for the pause button when their customers come through the door. Because oh, yeah. I'm halfway through you two going on about something really hilarious and I'm like in my own little bubble. And then all of a sudden I hear that doorknob go, and I'm like, run, run. <laughs> We, I actually had to do that this week with Ryan on speakerphone because um, I was in the hospital and Ryan rang me and I was I was outside getting a bit of fresh air and we were talking about some fucking shit topic that we always talk about and it was about fanny farts. As I walked into the as I walked in the hospital, he was like, "I just don't understand why women push farts out of their fannies." And I heard him on speakerphone with a, a hospital room full of people. I was like, "Oh, oh God, I'm so sorry about that." And I was like, "This is the podcast coming to life." It probably cheered him up, to be honest, give him something yeah. to laugh at. Yeah, yeah. I do think so, though that it makes your life better when you laugh. Like you get like it does release something in you that just like I get a lot of satisfaction when we we get comments in like that where they're just like oh I actually had to stop grooming the dog I was in tears laughing I'm (laughs) like well that's the idea although not everything that we talk about there are some serious things in there but they're few and far between we like to keep it light. Yeah, and on on that I think it's really good how you can pick a topic and take a side each and then you argue out the different opinions but then like. As soon as you've done that, you almost then immediately nip it in the bud and move on to something <laughs> like this. Is the Carla, this goes on after the podcast. After, after we press stop, we were like, "What the fuck were you oh, just no. saying to me?" <laughs> Although it is lovely that you think that we are able to just nip it in the bud. Sometimes we get into really heated. Like there's a few, yeah. there's a few um, fight clubs that we've done that. Um, we've had to take a, take a break from each other. We've had to walk away. <laughs> oh, no. like, yeah. We both are like the types of people, we both have really strong opinions on certain things. And when me and Ryan get into like an uncensored debate, like, like when we're on the phone, we're like, yeah. it's like, are you serious? And I'm just like, yeah, how could you even think? And we really go at each other and we're like- No, like, Nicole, oh. no, no, you're wrong, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be um, fair, to be fair, do- we, we always make up. We never fall out. But when we're in the heat of it, we're just like, well, I'm not fucking backing down. Yeah. 
but you still manage to do that and stay really good friends do you just switch it on and switch it off just get to the point where you think right that's enough or i think it's a trust thing like i know at the end of the day no i can say absolutely anything i can say it and she'll know that that's not maybe how i meant it but it's come across that way like if i say something that's completely out of turn she'll come to me afterwards and go i think you were a bit harsh there we, we or, have a little bit of an understanding especially when we're recording the podcast like especially when it comes to women that mm-hmm. obviously ryan's in a, in a gay relationship and sometimes he doesn't fully understand women as much as i would like him to <laughs> And he can say something that I'm like, Ryan, you can't say things like that. Like people will find that offensive. And it's it comes from a place of like ignorance or like misunderstanding rather than him yeah. being him being like malicious about it. Yeah. And yeah. we just sort of we have each other's back obviously it, the same way, like, especially when it comes to like gay issues or LBGTQ plus issues. If I say something that comes from a place of me just being ignorant and not knowing enough about it, he'll say that you can't say that, you can't say them sort of things. So we, we have each other's back in that sense and we listen to each other back and we go, right, okay, I think you came across a bit like an arsehole there. And then we'll take that out and we just have that that sort of mutual like we do have a very organic way of recording though so when we record we're like our complete authentic selves it's like we're just talking to each other and then when we listen back we're like what would someone else think listening to our conversation because nicole knows what i mean but you might not or someone else listening might not so it's about sort of creating a balance where you you have to realize that not everyone knows you as intimately as nicole knows me or vice versa so you have to make it sort of safe and protect yourself because ugh, no one wants to be cancelled but you but obviously we... have good enough communication skills between you two to be able to let it get heated and then you know pipe it back down again and it's i think it's quite important that people bear that in mind actually because i always think that listening to the podcast i always think oh god they're really going for it oh is it a bit uh, and then like later on you seem absolutely fine and you're still friends and you still carry on so it's just a case of you know that's actually a really nice thing to hear from you because sometimes we get really really aggressive with each other in our points of view and yeah well i'm just saying it as i see it that's how i there has been times there has been times where one of us has got hurt feelings or it's went too far and we've had to sit down and talk about it but the fact that you just said you clearly have some very good communication skills like we can do that. We can have a good yeah. raging argument with each other and know at the end of the day, we're still going to be friends in an hour from now. I think, I think it's important as well, like especially when you're good friends and this goes to anybody, not obviously not just on the podcast, but in your own friendship groups that mm. you can have completely different opinions to your friends. You don't have to share and you don't have to agree on absolutely everything. You can still respect the person. You can still love them. You can go, yeah. actually, I don't agree with that. And I think you're a bit of a knob for saying that, but I still love you. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. that's very much the relationship we have, and we have a lot of respect for each other, and we we trust each other a lot. And uh, and like you said, we can we can go out and have the these really like in depth, aggressive type debates, and then afterwards go, oh, but oh well, it's just a conversation where we can just move on. And I think people can like if people do that a lot more on the outside, I think it cause a lot less rows. <laughs> I think yeah. so, and whether it's friends, relationships, or families, or whatever, I think that is something to definitely take away because. At the end of the day, there's no point in falling out of everyone you disagree with over the smallest thing, is there? You know, there's no. there's more to life than that. How could you ever make a marriage last like 60 odd years if you weren't prepared to have a big rage and rye and then go? Yeah, but a lot of people don't, do they? A lot of people yeah. don't these days. So it's, no, it's having true. stay in power, I think. And yeah, I think you two do, do display that 
really well actually on the podcast probably without even realizing it yeah i don't think i realized it quite as much until you're pointing it out so it's quite nice to hear we're 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 amazing nicole (laughs) you're not gonna cry are you i can't be dealing with that (laughs) (laughs) i'm just so pleased to have you so i was also going to say that when when you're talking on the podcast you switch between grooming topics and non-grooming topics a lot and when you look at the industry i think it can be quite consuming i don't know if you'd agree but we're at, we're at work, we're at events at the weekends, we're on the socials in the evening. So do you think it's important to remember sometimes, actually, well, it's not all about the work, it's not all about the grooming? Do you, do you think that's an important thing to take God, into account? yes. My God. Like, that is that is literally what this podcast is about. That That is what, if we could encapsulate that statement into the podcast, that is what it is. Taking yourself outside, like, our job's can be really consuming emotionally physically I mean you you know you can have days where every single dog pushes your buttons and you you feel that stress building up at you and it is you do have to have a lot of patience for this job and we're all human and some days that that patience runs a little bit lower on other days you know you've got a lot more tolerance for it and I think that is what we want to bring with the podcast is just bring that, you know, you, there's more to you than just in that salon grooming these dogs. However much we love dogs, there's lots of different sides to us. And, and that's what we want to um, to, to portray and, and let people tap into, essentially. And to be yeah. fair, you'll t- you'll tend to find that the, the grooming topics that we do discuss are very... Um, it's like our life experience. We don't go on to the socials and go, oh, everyone's fighting about such and such. Let's talk yeah. about that. We talk yeah. about Wendy came into the salon today and she was a complete dick. This is what she said. <laughs> I told her to piss off. You know, it's more <laughs> it's more those types of things that we talk about. So it's always- We're not trying we, to educate. No, we're yeah. not educating on grooming. I couldn't be farther interested in educating in grooming you know there's there's so many teachers out there we're just there you know this is what our life is this is what we do these here's some of the funny stories let's hear some of your funny stories you know what's happening in your relationship blah 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 yeah i think that's what we need isn't it sometimes it's just having someone to listen to to realize that actually these things happen to other people as well and actually we all think similar things and we're not we're not the only ones sort of like dealing with it so nicole's key word for the podcast is escapism like it's just an hour of escapism like just Mm -hmm. to for Put your grooming or put your might be grooming, put your headphones on. You can groom automatically. Do you know whenever you go into autopilot yeah. and you're just grooming away, but you're listening mm. to something completely different, completely, you know, something you can relate to. Could it be marriage stuff, sex stuff, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, relationships in general? Could be yeah. anything. And it's just a lot no- like the, there's a lot of like groomers who work on their own as well. And I think for them for the grooming topics that we do talk about like for example I think our last recorded podcast we talked about like cutting dogs and how a dog licked the scissor and the the tongue sliced open and it's like just daft stories like that that think you're not you're not by yourself when that happens to you this does happen quite a lot 
and you know we're all human and we all like we get upset about it but then we can talk about it in a podcast and go you know the dog was pissing blood everywhere I panicked I shat myself I fainted the owner came in the owner was fine about it and then we all laughed about it and it was fine and it's like stuff like that where we just take our real life experiences and just go do you know what you're only human like we can all just take these things and just you know it is all how you deal with it but it's those types of experiences that we bring to the podcast that um and guests like Louisa and Riley and um they're obviously groomers as well and we do have future plans to bring on more more guests we're just dipping our feet in the whole guest pool you're obviously a pro now every every one of your episodes has a guest i'm interested in other people's things i i do bring you know my thoughts to the table occasionally as well but i'm i am interested in other people i always have been i think other people's thoughts and opinions and their lives is i just find it very very interesting so i think us groomers are quite a sensitive bunch of people when people have come into your salon, have you ever had anyone like complain? And if so, how do you take it? And how do you, um, you know, keep yourself calm? And how do you process it afterwards individually? And how do you support each other as friends? Um, for me, I think the biggest, like Ryan just touched on in the last, it's it's how you deal with things. And I think the worst thing you can possibly do, which I see quite a lot of groovers doing on social media is ghosting the customers when something bad happens mm-hmm. yeah. and, and just not and just refusing to communicate with them. And I think that is nine times out of ten what sends these customers to social media is when they feel like yeah. they're not getting anywhere with the groomer. And at the end of the day, the average customer, I'm not saying that all customers are like this because we know that some customers can be very unrealistic in their expectations and their communication. But I think nine times out of 10, all the owner wants is for everything to be explained to them, for them to know that the dog's being looked after and to know that if there's any any financial um, downfalls that the groom is going to cover and anything and everything so they're not out of pocket. And I think sometimes you do just need to get on the phone and to keep calm. If you can keep as calm as what you possibly can when you're speaking to the customer and maintain that Mm. professionalism, they'll feel like they're in good hands. And then ring your mate afterwards and go oh my god you'll never guess what happened today and then then like if i would ring ryan and say this and he'll go well you've done this you've done this you've handled it well you have that little rant you let all of that emotion out to your friends but don't ever let the customer see that that's what i how i how i handle it that's 100 percent the exact thing that i would do most of the time it is you keeping control as soon as you give that control back to the customer, the customer's panicky response is to get angry that you've injured yeah. their dog. So if you remain in control and go, this is what we've done, X, Y, and Z, we're following a policy. This is what we're going to do, X, Y, and Z. This is what we've covered. These are my responsibilities. I'm, I'm really sorry that this has happened today. And we hope that it doesn't um uh dissuade you from using our services again you know we have really went uh, above and beyond to 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 look after your pet and not put any added financial or um emotional pressure on you um but this is dog grooming we are working with live animals they do move and occasionally injuries happen and we're really sorry you know as long as you keep all that control and don't give it back to the client don't put all that burden on them because they panic yeah, I've, I've got a little story actually from when something similar happened to me when I was not grooming for a great deal of time and a dog escaped from the salon and uh, we had... Is this, is this, this is the bastard hound, yeah. <laughs> it, 
We were basically, we were going to the English Groomers Challenge and um, Ryan, my husband, was sharpening there. So we were, we were going in and out through the door with his equipment and we have three different doors and we had, I had one of them open. He was going through one and then shutting the door behind him and as you do like that. And then mm-hmm. this one massive piece of equipment needed both of the doors to be open at the same time, but we still had the, the gate at the end. Anyway, this dog, this basset hound just went straight through and then it got to the gate at the end and broke the gate, completely broke the gate, went underneath it, snapped the gate in half and just, and it was off. Um, It was total, like, it was my fault. Obviously, that was my fault. I had two of them safety doors open when it should, the dog should have been secured as well. But when the owner came back, I was so stressed with everything that had happened. But the, the, we got the dog back. The dog was fine. It was it was gone for a couple of hours. The woman came in and screamed in my face. She was furious, as she rightly should have been. And I burst into tears. I, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I just, I couldn't stop it from happening. It was one of them, you know, where it bubbles up and you can feel it coming in. Yeah. And it was just getting further and further. And I just sort of just let it all out. I think and most people that, would, to be honest, in that situation. Yeah. Now, I would make sure, all right, step outside, give yourself a few deep breaths and go in and handle it properly. But because it's the first time anything big had happened to me, I was just, I, I just burst into tears. And you could sort of almost see at that point that she just sort of went, oh, she's actually, she's actually a person. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I don't for one minute think that people should start crying when things happen, but that's what no. happened to me. And just with that particular situation, I think she, that made her realise that it was just a huge mistake. It was my mistake. Yeah, and, and a basset hand's was... a big dog to, to buff through a gate. I mean, if it was a Yorkie, it wouldn't have happened, would it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're, mm. they're yeah, I didn't know how dogs. fast basset hound could run. Yeah, yeah, they can. They can. I've seen them shift. My friend's one. She were, she her husband can't get on the sofa because of it, and I've seen it move trying to get him off the sofa. Mm. <laughs> so they are like they're big sharp. lumps. Yeah, they are, mm. and they're strong as well. But no, I think how, how you dealt with it. I mean, as you say, if she was shouting in your face, that is pretty intimidating. I think most people would be crying at that point because you know we're all human. We all we all make mistakes, and we feel bad about our mistakes. And when things happen and people maybe groom a hop to the next groomer, I mean, when people come to me and say, oh, the previous groomer did this, I think it's quite important as well to sort of make it clear to the customer that these things do happen and not sort of Mm -hmm. give the other groomer a bad rap because that way, you know, it's creating a wider understanding. It's, It's not saying, you know, the person down the road isn't doing their job properly mm-hmm. it's creating a wider understanding like you say that we are working with animals and things do happen occasionally but and see in situations like that carla nine times out of ten i don't think that customers leave because of an injury they leave because of how you dealt with the injury i think the point as well is when ju- just jumping on carla's point there of, of other I, I don't think any of us should be saying anything about any other groomer no um like I, I actually saw this was last night someone on social media shared a post from a customer that had put on where, where a dog was half groomed its back was half shaved and it was late, late getting dropped off or picked up and a groomer had shared it and i thought that groomer has no idea whether that dog was aggressive whether that dog injured the the, the uh the groomer what what the extenuating circumstances are but they just blindly shared this woman's post about another groomer i just thought like yeah i hate that and that is one yeah. thing that i am so like so careful about when customers come to my salon i don't care what your past groomer did if you tell me that your past groomer chopped your dog up into a thousand pieces and you had to go and put it back together i will i'll take that at face value and i'll you'll start afresh from me and it's i think it's really really good as well to, to have a local groomer group where you can share this information yeah. say just so you know this is this is what this group this is this person has said and then i think that helps us all you know 
number one, communicate with each other, have each other's backs and in turn stop letting customers who have ridiculously high expectations and no concept of what actually really goes on in the grooming salon dictate our businesses and putting stuff on social media. Because I think if we all have each other's backs, then... You know, and you've got groomers behind you if something goes on on social media. I think that's, you know, it's worth its weight in gold just to have that that backup from your your peers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm part of a local groomers group. We've got a little messenger chat. I actually think there's about 15 of us on there. And we quite often say, oh, have you had this before? I've got this customer in, don't really know quite what to make of them. Or, you know, this happened with this customer today. And nine times out of 10, someone else has had them at some point and they've had a mm-hmm. similar sort of problem. And it's just about, like you say, taking them on and, um, starting again with a new groomer and hopefully eventually down the line it will start to sink in whatever it is you're trying to you know drum into yeah. them whether it's coming often enough not paying enough you know whatever it is um they can only go to so many groomers can't they well yeah. there are that there are always exceptions to the rule <laughs> yeah. you will always get that <laughs> yeah. one client they always yeah. think it's it's the groomer's fault and there are mm. people out there that will continue till the end of days to think yeah. that it is always the groomer. It's not their fault. It's not the fact that their dog is a wee arsehole. It's not the fact that they treat their dog like a baby. It's it's just, they just like to blame everyone else. There's just one more thing that I would just want to say on that. I think if a new groomer is listening to this, I think that it's really important thing to understand because I used to be like this. If you're a people pleaser, that you will not ever, ever please everybody. There will mm-hmm. always be people who moan and whinge about anything. And if you can do the best job you've ever done, you will still get someone who moans and whinges at you. And if you take that personally, coming from someone who used to take that very, very personally, it's such a waste yeah. of energy. Yeah. It is such a waste of energy. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I'm the same. I've, like I said, I said to someone in an uh, episode or two ago, basically, when you start, you feel like you're just standing there with no protection around you. But the longer you're grooming, it's like you're putting more and more armour on each time because you just get used to the fact that this is this is what happens in the job. You can't please everyone. Some people you're just never going to win round. Um, and by the end of it, you, you don't even want them coming through your doors. You just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so going back to like how groomers talk about each other, um, on social media, I think quite a lot you get sort of ups and downs between different groomers and it can get quite emotional at times. Um, How do you feel about seeing seeing groomers' relationships go up and down online? And how do you think that that actually has an effect on the people reading it, maybe not even involved? I'll be honest, I avoid it like the plague now. I honestly can't be arsed with it. I think, and you say groomers, I would say factions within the industry, like little groups of people that target other people and other factions and other groups within the industry. And it's just, it's a never ending cycle. And there are some people that are criminal in this industry at the things that they say online. You know, Um, I think what, I think a lot of it is, I think it's a superiority complex with a lot of people. mm, Ego ego yeah it is it's ego but i think there's also that people have very strong opinions on um the way that we deal with animals i mean there's like i'm not saying it's this group of people but just for an example we've got the holistic grooming community who are very much no restraints will you know we ask the dog for consent i'm going to the extreme obviously we ask the dog for consent and anybody who doesn't do that is an animal abuser again i'm not saying that that's what this community has said but it's just uh, just as an example and then there's the other groomers who just say no we have we we go by the the alpha 
sort of rule we believe that there's a pack and a pecking order and then there's other people who don't believe that and I think because there's so many different ways that people deal with animals and people get very passionate about animals yeah um and I think that's where a lot of it stems from and being the best and like you said and I think there is also a portion of it that is ego it is ego and you know we all shave dogs asses yeah and do you think with with the egos that you see do you think that that can come from a place of insecurity within that person as well as such because I think sometimes when you see people online getting emotional getting angry whatever it is that you see um sometimes you think well how do they see themselves to be having to put that out do you see what I mean I don't know if you understand what I mean yeah I I try not to think about that too much i sort of take things at face value and i think a lot yeah. of the people who say things online wouldn't say it to you at a grooming competition um first to first no. the whippet when the whippet ended we we me and nicole actually took a massive step back from social media the only real reason that we're back on it really is because of the the podcast really like, yeah um yeah i did the same just before lockdown i couldn't really deal with social media over lockdown i, yeah. I must admit before lockdown i was glued to it all the time i'm I went through, I've been by myself, I'm actually, I'm with a partner now, I'm actually engaged, but prior to that, um, thanks, Um, (laughs) prior to that, I was single for quite a long time, and I think because I groomed from home, I'd be grooming all day, quickly make some dinner, watch you do, nothing on TV, get online, and you literally can be so easily consumed with it, especially when, like you say, like I say, I live by myself, Um, but I must admit, after lockdown, I've stepped back quite a bit as well because I can't really deal with it. It does ends up doing my head in. And you always get people who, you know, put out miscellaneous posts where that's sort of mm. like you don't you know who it's aimed at or what it's aimed Anonymous. at. But it's easy to read it and just think, oh, is that about To me? be fair, I do that think that there is a time and place for anonymous comments. Like, yeah, like I think we, she's more talking about when, when someone says something and skirts negative. around who it's who yeah. it's about and it could be about anybody. The thing I find about that that whole situation is um, it draws you in and it actually twists your character because I have found myself getting myself worked up in those situations and I end up saying the wrong thing. I end up then then that allows people to twist my character and make me out to be a villain. Um, And I do think that there are certain people in this industry that thrive on that. They go and fishing. They go fishing for fishing. a fight. And I've um, never heard of that term before, but I'm going to the only way, the <laughs> throw only the bait out. Yeah, the only way to deal. Yeah. The only way to deal with those people is to literally starve them of oxygen. Yeah. Pay them no attention. I actually think yeah. that's really good advice because what you just said, I can totally relate to. Sort of past me. But mm-hmm. now I don't go on it enough to get involved. But if, when you yeah. are on there all the time, it's so easy to just feel the tension from a status. And you're looking at what different people are putting and you think, well, who's that aimed at? And who's that aimed at? And has that got something to do with someone I know yeah, it about? Is, it's, it is it completely toxic. crazy in your head, doesn't it? Round and round. Yep. It's like, completely you know, toxic. And it's not real life. It is not real life. I think with the, with the toxic thing as well, like what you said, you, you sit there and you think, oh God, if, is that about me? And then you might engage in that and say, and, you know, defend what you feel like is about you. And then they call you a narcissist because apparently you believe that everything must be about you. And and that's where I think it draws people in and it gets, mm. it gets toxic. Like you very rarely see me comment on anything. Uh, I, 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 I'm still part of the grooming groups, but I, 
I unfollow them. They're all hidden. And I'll only go yeah. on there if I need something or I need to search for something. Because I just I just find a lot of them, you, you read something, you get drawn in, and then all of a sudden you're looking at the comments and you're like sending screenshots to your friends. Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I think especially after the Whippet, when we got a lot of like a lot of that negativity where we were just like, do you know what? This isn't worth our mental health. This isn't worth us feeling like shit from day to day. We're just groomers. Like yeah. we're not doing open heart surgery. It's like... Do you know what I find the most difficult? I think I've spoken to you about this before, Nicole, was how much effort we did we put in to doing great things to make people, groomers feel worthwhile, like they were doing something positive, like raising money for the NHS, raising money for mental health and cancer charities and getting involved and in doing really positive things. And all of the good um, energy that we had put in and the positive things that we had managed to achieve in a very short space of time. Yeah. Rumors have a very short memory and turn on you like that. Like, and, and then all of a sudden, you're the reason that people are going to kill themselves. And you're the reason that people are going to die. And you're the reason that something oh, is wrong. And I'm like, they have very, very short memories when, you know, 10, 10 days ago they were you know, saying how great what we were doing was. It was just... And it was I the just, same people who were involved yeah. in the same project who were saying the same things to us. Yeah. And that is, like, when Ryan's saying them, that is the things that people said to us that we yeah. would have blood on our hands if yeah, someone no committed suicide. And it was, it was honestly, it was... We, thankfully, had... I mean, yes, it took its toll on us, as it would any human, but it just we thankfully saw, yeah. saw it for what it was. We didn't for one minute think that we would be responsible for anything like that. But the fact that somebody could say that, you just thought, you know what? What We weren't getting paid for it. We we, we, did, we didn't get paid for doing the whip it. Like we did everything off our own time. We put in numerous hours to do it. Like we, we didn't expect a thank you for it, but we, we did expect a certain like well, we did a reasonable amount of respect. We got, we didn't get paid for the charity work, but we did get paid just to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this is, that's what I'm talking about. All yeah. of the charity work and stuff that we did. We did all of that off our own backs. And we, like I said, we didn't expect a thanks for it, but we did expect a certain amount of respect to think actually these people, they're not bad people. And no. this all stemmed over somebody someone else's, else's written, opinion, <laughs> someone else's opinion that we Blimey. just put, put up there. And yeah, it was like, this is the first time we've actually even spoke about this probably, yeah. isn't it? Like, how we you're getting an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it just got to the point where we thought, you know what, we're not, we're not getting anything from this other yeah. than grief. And it was yeah. taking me away from my family. It was taking Ryan away from his family that Ryan's family got phone calls and, and all sorts and threats. And it was honestly, it was, if you, if we actually went into the day, it was ridiculous. Uh. I was going to say, how did you support each other through that? Did you? Um, Ryan was much more pragmatic about it than what I was. I very much took it, took a lot of it to heart then. I don't so much now, looking back now, I just think, Pff. but then I think, I feel like I took a lot more of it to heart. Um, and to an extent, Ryan had a lot more experience with it. He'd done like 30 ways. He'd done yeah. like sort of stuff like that. So he, you are sort of quite familiar with like backlash, backlash and things like that. Whereas I, I wasn't really. And it was getting to the point where it was affecting me day to day. I was like coming back from work or I'd be on a Skype call doing things and I'd just be miserable all the time. And it was just got, it got to the point where it really got me down. But then I think the positive thing that I got out of it in the end was that when I look back at it now, I thought, my God, this, the whip it was just draining me. But now I think 
we really weren't the problem. It wasn't us that was the problem. We were doing something good. Uh, it was other people. What I'm sort of hearing is that if you can look within yourself and think, right, what did I do? What did I achieve? What have I provided, you know, for the industry? And is it worth this mental energy, you know, from, you know, trying so hard and putting all this energy in and not getting much back? Sometimes you just need to say, that's it. That's enough. I'm done. Yeah. And, and that's exactly I've done a good happened. thing. There's yeah. nothing, nothing is more important than making sure that you're feeling good within yourself. Nothing's worth sacrificing that for. Um, if I move on to my little last round of questions, uh-huh. um, what is it about our industry that you think impacts on our mental health the most? Toxicity. Social media. Um, I think social media, though, has been great for connectivity. But I also think it is the toxicity of it is a huge burden on a lot of people. Like it's, it sort of gives yeah. in one hand and takes away from the yeah. other. Sometimes it's 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 a balancing act, and I think you've got to use it responsibly. I think that's the main thing to to take from social media is it's there. It's a tool to be used, but you need to use it responsibly. Otherwise, it's toxic. Yeah, no, I can. And I think agree it's got a lot to answer for. <clears throat> and what what gives you both the biggest sense of pride in your jobs? What as groomers? Yeah. Um, getting home at the end of the day <laughs> um, um, I am not driven as a groomer I'll be honest I'm driven financially so if I I know that there are a lot of people that have done this job for a very long time and they did it for very little money in the past and it was more you know their passion grooming is not my passion uh anymore anymore, anymore. No, but even, ugh, do you know what, even at the time, like whenever I was competing and giving seminars and I was enjoying it, but it mm. was never my passion. I loved dogs. I loved my dogs. I loved interacting with dogs, but it was never my passion. Like I was, it was never, it was never that for me. It was, I left a job, needed a new job. And this is what I was going to do. I made money at it and I still make yeah. money at it. It's a business for me. Like if I didn't groom tomorrow, I wouldn't be sad. So your pride is in building up a respectable business, doing a good job, getting paid well for the job that you do. Yep. And um, yeah, building it up from the ground. God, I think you are great at summarizing. That is, that is, that's a lot to be proud of you should have been a solicitor i hate dogs i hate animals but you're fantastic at business (laughs) see at the end of the uh, courtroom drama whenever you see the solicitor just summarizing the whole case that should should have been your job but i i like that i i admire that in you right i do because i struggle with business i enjoy my job i want to be paid well for my job but sometimes I don't have the confidence to say, right, I want this. I'm going to, I struggle with setting goals. Goals is something that I really struggle with. What do you yeah. want to do in five years' time? I don't bloody know. What do I, I want to be fucking retired time? in five years' time. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that you can think, right, I've got a plan. I'm going to do this, 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 achieve this, this, and this. I think it's amazing. So, you know, I think that yeah. is something to be proud of because it's something that I personally really struggle with. So, and what about you? What about you, Nicole? What makes you most proud of your job? Um, I think nothing. for me, nothing. You're fucking no, it. no, it's not that. I, I, I'm quite similar with Ryan, and I, I love dogs. I always have loved dogs. It's not what I originally trained to do. Um, it was more I wanted to own my own business to start off with, and it, it just seemed like a really good fit. Um, at the moment, obviously, my my sense of pride has changed over the years with different responsibilities that I have. And at the moment, I love the fact that I am working from home and able to have 
I finally feel like I've got a little bit more of a, a home work-life balance and that yeah. I'm still managing to, you know, help my family pay the bills, help fill the mor- pay the mortgage. I'm the one that's putting food into my kids' mouths. I'm not having to rely on any handouts or anything like that. So I think for me, the biggest sense of pride is, is providing for me. Um, I think some people feel like they need to achieve, like... Um something specific to feel proud of themselves but actually providing for yourself providing for your family having created a business or being part of a you know a well-respected business if you're employed is actually a massive thing to be proud of it's a big achievement to chain chain up as a groomer and not only find employment or create employment but stay in it especially in this day and age where you know people haven't got a lot of money the fact that someone's just running a business i say just running a business is actually quite a massive thing isn't it yeah. yeah, I'm a big supporter of little wins, little wins yeah. along the way, build yeah. up into yeah. big feelings of big. Yeah. Do you know, one of my things would be, and obviously if I ever had kids, it maybe wouldn't be possible, but if I don't get four holidays a year, I'm not having a good year, like financially. <laughs> like what, yeah. whatever job I'm doing is not working for me because I like to have every three months, I like to have something to look forward to. I'm going to Spain to meet my friends or I'm going skiing or, you know, I'm going on a trip with Gareth to do a city break or something. I need to have something set something in to stone to. to look forward to. Yeah. And I like that my job affords me that flexibility and freedom. And do you find that helps you get through the days that are a bit bit rougher on you, like mentally? Yes, because 100%. you think, right, I've got this yeah. coming up. This yeah. is... 100%. Yeah, no, That's what keeps really me important. going. I have my little sort of things that I'm like counting down to the weekend or I'm counting down to a a friend's birthday or a barbecue. And then I have the big things and like I'm going to Cyprus in five weeks and counting and I can't fucking wait. (laughs) It's really important to keep things fresh, like not just like we said earlier, be absorbed in your work and in your job. And that's all you can see in the weeks and weeks ahead of you. It's good to have something to look forward to. So I think that's actually really, really good advice. So what frustrates you most as a groomer? What it used to be with me was the was the clients, but the the I've built up my business to the point now where I've got a waiting list and I'm not taking on new customers. So the customers that I have right now are quite well trained <laughs> and they're like they know me, I know them, they know that I wouldn't, you know, in, if the dog comes home with a bad haircut one day, they know that it's not because I'm a bad groomer, it's because maybe it's the dog's been a bit stressed that day or whatever. So I don't have too much, too many issues with my, my clients right now. That's what it used okay, to be. That's good. Now it's the lockdown dogs, the dogs that yeah. pay, like the new, like a lot of my existing customers have added a dog um, during lockdown yes. and they've got separation anxiety. I'm having loads of really badly behaved dogs in at the, the minute, whether that's not just biting dogs, but dogs that are just anxious messes. And it feels like such a task to have to get them do- these dogs to trust me when all they're doing is screaming, barking. That's the biggest thing for me is noise stress. <laughs> do you find when the dogs come in, I don't, this is something that I personally find, really anxious dogs can sometimes actually make you feel anxious because mm. it's like, well, well hang on, I, I'm behaving with you like I would any normal dog, yet you're, you're coming through the door and you've weed yourself and you're yeah. shaking when your owner leaves and you're constantly looking at the door or panting or getting stressed. I find that quite quite a tricky one to deal with in the salon and I'm quite lucky at the moment like you say where you've built your books up over time and you've got your repeat customers so I haven't got too many new dogs at the moment um 
but the newer dogs that I have had I'm actually passing more dogs on now than I ever was even when I was a newer groomer just because I don't need that stress I don't need that yeah that worry you seem quite a lot like me like I'm very much I very much pick up on anxiety I'm a a real anxious Annie and I sometimes mirror other people's anxiety so if Ryan speaks to me and he's feeling really anxious I'll automatically feel really anxious as well (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I pick up with that with a lot of the people around me with the dogs when they come in it's more like it's not that I feel anxious it's more that I feel frustrated that I don't know what you want what can I do yeah because there's not because what's happened with them is you're trying to undo 10 15 weeks worth of the owners being oh baby i'm not gonna leave you i'm not gonna leave you and then they leave them and the dog doesn't know how to how to like to do life because they've never been left and they've never been trained so that's that's yeah that's definitely something that frustrates me um one of the little things in the salon that really frustrates me i get very and i normally pass these dogs on to like the staff (laughs) because i can't be bothered with them um is evasive dogs do you know, like the dogs where you're trying to cut around their foot and they lift it and they're constantly, mm. they're like tapping. Oh, yes. It's not a behavioral thing. It's just they don't, they've got tickly feet or they don't like their nails being touched or um, I can't be arsed with dogs. I like bomb-proof dogs. Yeah, like, me too. Like, uh, and a lot of my clients are bomb-proof now because they've just been coming to me for a long time. But when I get a new client in to fill a spot or whatever and they are like that, I that easily frustrates me. I'm just yeah. like, because I, I, I run a very busy salon. So uh, everything is, it's about time management. And I know that a lot of groomers will go, it's about the dog, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, I have to pay overheads. I want a decent wage at the end of the day. Staff need paid, the bills need paid. And I don't have time to be fucking around with the dog on the table. So if the dog can't be in and out in a certain amount of time, well then that dog's not, not for our salon. Like go to a one-on-one groomer that has... And- five hours to spend on it yeah just while you're saying that because i think that's really important for some groomers to hear because i think quite a lot of groomers feel like they have to groom every dog whereas i think all three of us has basically just said sometimes we will just pass on dogs because either they they don't gel with us and they make us feel a bit anxious or like you say time is money and in a busy salon you haven't got time for it so i actually think it's better for the dog to be passed on in that situation because you don't want to spend your time you know trying to speed it up when you're feeling stressed that's going to make that dog more stressed and so passing it on the idea yeah. that that's an okay thing to do is really important for people to understand you don't have to groom every dog yeah. long gone are the days where when i first started i was pressuring myself into doing every single dog that rang and again i think uh, i'm glad i did it because you learn you learn yeah. what what you want to deal with, what you don't want to deal with. You learn and your limits. Yes, you learn your limits because mm-hmm. th- there will be a lot of groomers that um, would judge me on saying um, sometimes you just have to walk away from a dog. You know those yeah, dogs, and they they just they push every button, yeah. and they they are literally there to frustrate your life. They they're going for you. They're they're not they're not giving a a little bite like a wee warning bite. They're going for the face. Or um, they're just being really nasty and they're doing somersaults and twisting themselves up and trying to strangle themselves. Yeah, you I know don't know that, that. You know that the owner is a complete asshole and is going to blame you. And mm-hmm. this dog is going to kill itself, rip You're your face winning. off. You're never You're never going to win. Yeah. You have to walk away from that dog. Because yeah, that is the type honest, of dog I'd that you want. I just don't yeah. do them. 
I just don't yeah. because even as a new as a newer groomer, I remember watching a dog once that was jumping around all over the place every time I went near it, and I just went. I was just thinking, I don't know where to start with you. I don't know which end to touch. Don't know what end not to touch. I don't know. You know, it's impossible sometimes. And in that yeah. case, like um, the groomers that will persist with persist with them, there will always be a groomer that's going to do that. Yeah. I'm not and there will always be a groomer that is very interested in behavioural studies of a dog and want to work with that type of behaviour. I am not in the least bit interested in that. I do not put up with it. I can't. I am very much it. a firm believer is there is a groomer for every dog. Yeah. And yeah. I think like this is I think this is a lot where the group the holistic groomers come in. They want to spend that time desensitizing yeah. that dog. And that's great. That's a service. That is a completely yeah. separate service. But when you're running a busy salon like Ryan does, I only work three days a week, but in them three days I'm high volume that you, like I said, time is money. You don't have time to be sitting there going, I'm just going to stroke you with the back end of these clippers. And, you know, especially if it's, you can do that if you've got, you know, that added little bit of time. Thankfully, I'm not in that position where I've, I'm taking on new customers, but I couldn't afford that time right now. And there's yeah. a groomer for every dog that you can just pass that on and go, this is the this is the perfect groomer for you. And I think it's a really, it's really good for every groomer to have a list of other groomers with specific skill sets that you can go, yeah. I know this dog, I've seen this dog. I know that she'll be great with this dog or he'll be fantastic with this dog. There's the number, off you go. Thank, thank yeah, me later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when I pass customers on, I quite often say, look, I groom by myself. I don't feel safe grooming this dog by myself. I need some, it needs a salon where there's someone who can assist. Maybe that's reassuring the dog, giving the dog a stroke, helping support it or whatever, while the other person cracks on and does the groom. That's going to be the best way. And I can't provide that service because I don't have anyone else with me. And that's it. They understand. I give them a couple of numbers of groomers I know that have multiple staff yeah. and off they go whether that dog ends up having multiple staff working on it in them salons I don't know it's not my business but once that dog's not in my salon anymore it's not my responsibility yeah. and I don't have to worry about it um okay so with the pair of you what do you like to do outside of work to switch your brain off get away from work when you're not when you're not in the salon what what is your go-to to relax I um the thing that completely relaxes me is going on a date with just my husband no kids <laughs> like, that's so I, romantic <laughs> but it, that, the thing is when I, because I've got a small a small small child and a nine-year-old when I get home from work I, I sometimes still feel that stress because obviously you've you've, you've still got a lot to like uh, all of my senses yeah. are constantly going I feel touched out I'm still breastfeeding yeah. I've got a baby on my boob don't get me wrong love spending time with them but what truly relaxes me is when those kids are in bed Ryan's poured me a nice glass of wine. I know that them kids are in bed for the night and we can just sort of go, oh. So one thing that I do out of the salon is I have a large circle of friends. Um, and I, I uh, once you're my friend, that's it. You're my friend, that's it for life. Ask Nicole. Tell me about it. Fucking hell, I'll have the amount of times no... I'm to get away from him. <laughs> there's no getting away, that's it um so like i socialize quite a lot i go to the gym um i go out drinking um not drinking to get drunk but like socialize mm -hmm. yeah but on that do you think it's really important to have friends that aren't groomers uh, as well as like grooming friends do you think it's 100 percent? i have oh, yeah. i have a lot of acquaintances and i have some good friends like great friends like louisa and nicole and sophie um no, actually, I actually have quite a lot of grooming friends, actually. I think the good thing about having grooming friends is 
Like, I I very much don't class Ryan as a grooming friend because we very rarely talk about grooming, yeah. ever, do we? we, we Same as me like, and Louisa. Totally past that point of anything grooming related to be talked about, we've already talked about, unless something happens that day yeah. that you're like, oh God, but it would be just the same as I would talk to my non-grooming friends. Um, so yeah, I think if you do have grooming friends, I think it's like you get past that point of just being friends yeah. because you're groomers and it's just so you're friends yeah. because you, you you love each other. Like Ryan your was friendship the goes into the, the Your friendship moves into the real world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outside yeah. of the grooming industry. I have a few, like Louisa, um, Nicole and Sophie, they all moved into the real, the real world. Like they're- real world. The, yeah, it's not nice to be in the real world. Met my, yeah, met my family and stuff like that. And then, yeah, no, most of my friends, though, were outside. <laughs> Brilliant. So I think that's like everything that I had set out to ask you today. Well, thank you so much for having both of you on today. It's been really nice talking to you and having a chat. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Have, uh, yeah. Enjoyed it. No problem. It's been fun. So have a lovely afternoon. So, no uh, worries. Thank you very no much, Carla. I'll catch you soon. Catch you, you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. There was so much that we can take from that interview. I love their honesty about taking pride in their business first and foremost. And I think it's important to remember that our job is just one part of our lives. There's so much more to us than our profession. It's the same as anything else. I mean, postmen are only postmen when they're at work. Most of the time, I love my job and it suits me. But of course I get weeks where I'm not quite as motivated or I do get tired and a bit down with the job. But as Ryan and Nicole have just highlighted, it is just one part of who we are. I've worked in waitressing, bar work, dance teaching, I've been a holiday camp entertainer, I've worked in a supermarket and at a high street coffee shop. All of these jobs are jobs that I've enjoyed at times, but I have also had times in the role where I'm not quite so happy or engaged. I think that because we work with animals and because we get the chance to be creative, people assume that we must live for our jobs. And if you do, that's brilliant. But if you like it enough to do every day and you work professionally, treat the dogs well and it pays the bills, that's okay too. It is a job. I also love Nicole's point about taking pride in the small wins as they build up over time. And I think the point that they made about having trust and communication after a disagreement is vital. It's so easy to say and throw away a good friendship when how much better is it to learn from each other and maintain that bond, most of the time anyway. That's all from me. Please take time to follow Wellbeing for Dog Groomers wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow the Facebook page. Have a good weekend and I'll be back next Friday. Cheerio. Hi Ryan, hi Nicole and welcome to the whip. No, welcome to the whip it out. You should keep okay. that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>